This program is sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries. This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here. Welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. Thank you for joining us. I flew in from, or drove in, Back from a trip to Texas last night where we had the From Porn to Grace conference in San Antonio. And then I gave the Sunday morning message at a church there, the morning, Sunday morning, and it was great. great. A lot of great response. And our listeners will know that I talk very directly about sexual issues. I did the same there, and people were loving it that – um, we can go and, and talk about these things openly. And plus, we had breakouts. And during the Sunday morning message, I broke people up to share and to pray because I'm not a big fan of just sitting and going home. And it was a great time. So thank you for those of you who prayed. And and from that, we're actually talking about a conference in Florida next February. So I'll keep you up on that as as it progresses. So last week, we had... Eva Marie Everson with us. And as she was sharing last week, she talked about her first marriage where there was infidelity and I believe abuse involved. And a lot of our listeners are going through similar situations or have that she went to. So I invited her back. And Eva Marie, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. It's a blessing to have you. And so I'd like to get started by telling us about your first marriage, how did you meet him, and then how did it progress from there? Well, I, you know, I want to preface this by saying that uh, I was young, and um, I there's there is absolutely no animosity um, that I feel at all. Uh, it's something that I didn't quite understand, and I, I'd like to focus more on that than anything else. But we met at work. Um, we were both nurses, and um, he was very cute, very handsome, and very smart, and uh, I I just, you know, kind of flipped for him fairly quickly. Um, we probably didn't date long enough before we got engaged, and in fact, um, the engagement story uh, is is how I started off my novel Dust, which just in thinking back on how funny that was, it was a very, it was a, it was a very funny engagement story. And, you know, will you marry me kind of thing. And so I, I use that as my opening scene in the book Dust. Um, and, you know, everything about it seemed perfect. He came from a perfect family. Uh, it just, I, I, I couldn't find anything wrong with this scenario. And 
uh, because we were both nurses, we, we got married. We had our little, you know, week of vacation and honeymoon and came back. But we worked different shifts. And, and back in those days, you worked eight-hour shifts, uh, 7 to 3, 3 to 11, 11 to 7. And we were on different shifts. And so uh, for the longest time, we, we just hardly saw each other. We were kind of ships passing in the night. But but everything was good. Everything was fine. And, um, and, and then at some point, we... You know, we moved. We moved across the state, and the jobs that we took, we ended up in the same, uh, you know, running along the same shifts. And um, it didn't take me long though before I realized, like, like there's something, there's something missing here. There's, there's a disconnect between the two of us. And you know, again, I was young, and so I was thinking, well, it's, um, it's probably me. I probably had a higher expectation of marriage. I probably thought it was going to be like what you see on the, you know, these very popular sitcoms of the day. Um, and this was definitely not Ozzy and Harriet or anything like that. Of course, I, my marriage was a little bit beyond that. But um, the, uh, the the verbal abuse began and um, and there was some physical abuse and... Uh, and then just, you know, just the disintegration of the marriage altogether. And this was all within a 13-month period. It happened very quickly. Um, and so even looking back, you know, even the separation and divorce had elements of, of violence and, and explosive anger from both of us. Um, I, I'm not going to put it all on him. Uh, it, it was from both of us. And uh, we went on about our merry way. He went his way. I went my way. Um, and at some point, uh, you know, a little bit later on, years went by, I met my current husband. We've been married now uh, almost 45 years. Um, and I was just, I was beginning to, uh, you know, after I met him and, and I realized, okay, this is going somewhere, but, you know, you're a little trepidatious. And I was journaling. And as I've done my whole life, and I was journaling my prayer to the Lord, and I said, "I what I don't understand is why you didn't stop me from marrying my first husband, insert name here. And uh, just as quickly as I wrote that, I heard that still small voice in my spirit that whispered back, I don't remember you asking me. Mm. And I realized then I had never asked God his opinion on this marriage. I just assumed because everything looked perfect. Everything seemed perfect. And, and I was in love. And, um, and yet it was not, it, I, I look back now and I think, okay, well, this was not what God intended for me. However, um, because I married my first husband, I moved all the way across the state of Georgia. And because of that, um, I met my now husband and I have my children and my grandchildren and uh, my ministry. And so, you know, I can look back on it now and say, God took that crooked road and still made it straight. You mentioned verbal abuse that seemingly came out of nowhere. What triggered that in the beginning? <laughs> um, it was ridiculous, really. Um, it, it, looking back on it, uh he he said, "I'm I'm going to the store. I'm going to go buy stamps 
And then he didn't come back for hours and hours. And of course, you know, this was in the 1970s. We didn't have cell phones or GPS or anything. You know, we didn't even have beepers or <laughs> it was like once somebody pulled out of the driveway, you didn't know where they were. And, um, and I very naturally said, where have you been when he came home? And, uh, and, and there it started. And, uh, you know, and then it just escalated from there. And, I, you know, looking back, I because now I'm older, of course, now I'm older. I, I've looked back and I thought, why did you stay? I mean, it's one thing to have an argument. This was not an argument. This was an all out war, mm. <laughs> so, you know, um, but neither one of us knowing how to respond and react. And, of course, there was the apologies and um, I'm so sorry. And I can't believe, you know, I did that. I said that. I did that. Um, I don't know what got into me. I just, you know, went to get stamps, and then I decided to go somewhere else and then go somewhere else. And I don't even know to this day, Mike, what is true about any of that. Um, and if I can if I can just further the story, because I think this is the most important part. Uh, after we divorced, um, I did not see him again. I was I was engaged to marry my now husband, and I got a phone call one day from my first husband who said, you know, I'm in town. I'd like to see you. And I, I said, no, you know, for obvious, multiple obvious reasons. Number one, I'm engaged to be married to somebody else. Um, but number two, we really had nothing to discuss at that point. Um, and I just, I said, no. And then, um, and I felt very, I felt very positive about that. I felt very good about that decision. And then years went by and my husband and I married, you know, there's kids and, and all of this. And I was at work one day and um, our our son was off somewhere. Our our oldest daughter was at some something to do with the youth at the church. I came home, I was still in my uniform and I, our youngest daughter was there. And I said to my husband, I am just too tired to cook. Can we go? to this barbecue place. It was not too far from the house. And so the three of us piled in the car and off we went and we were seated in a booth. And I, I saw that there was a, a, a long table in the middle of the restaurant, not too far from where we were sitting. And uh, it was just full of people. It was like, you know, it was a gathering. It was a party or something. And I looked over and I realized it was my ex-husband and his entire family was mm. sitting there. And then it dawned on me, it was his birthday. And I had not seen him in all those years. And, and in fact, I didn't even know that he lived in the area. I was surprised. I had heard he had moved up to the Atlanta area. And so um, I said to my husband, well, that, that's my ex-husband sitting there. And he said, what well, do you want to go? And I said, no. I, 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 but I, I think it would be best if I at least walked over and said something to him. And he said, okay. So I walked over and... He was very busy talking to a family member, so I just lightly touched his hand, and he looked up at me, and I said, hey. And he said, well, hey. And I said, how are you? And he said, I'm fine. How are you? And I realized he didn't know who I was. <laughs> mm. And so I said, you don't know who I am, do you? <laughs> and all of a sudden, he goes, well, just barely. And then his family recognized me, and there was a lot of hugs and, you know, kisses and all this. And and I wished him a happy birthday, and you know, it's my husband and, and our youngest daughter sitting over there. And I went back and ate, and there was there was nothing after that. And so um, another several many years went by, um, 
I began to have this stirring in my spirit that I needed to contact him. And I knew that I would be able to find his parents very easily. I did not know where he was. So um, I had this stirring, and, and, and I can remember, Mike, you're going to laugh, but I was, I was cleaning the bathtub I, with, with Comet, you know, soft scrub or whatever. Um, and this, this thought, you need, to, you need to contact him. And I, I said, oh, no, oh, mm. no. And and so it, it came on me again and again and again and again. And in the process of all this, we ended up, after, right after that, we ended up moving to Florida. And it would not leave me alone. You need to contact him. You need to contact him. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I, no, you know, um, it, that would be like sleeping, a, I mean, waking a sleeping bear. I mean, why would I do that? And so one night, uh, it just stopped. I mean, I, I realized, gosh, you know, I've gone like several weeks and I haven't had that feeling. And so uh, one night my phone rang. It was my dad. And he said, um, he asked me for my, my ex-husband's full name and I gave it to him. And uh, he said, honey, he passed away. Wow. And he had, he had read it in, um, in a, a bit, you know, and, and I said, really? And he said, yeah. And, and I thought, okay. So I, I got on the phone and I called his parents. And, you know, because as a mother, I, I knew that even though things had not gone well for him and me, that they had lost a child. And uh, I told them how sorry I was. And they said, you know, uh, he, was, he gave his life to Jesus about four years ago. And he's been in ministry, and uh, one of the things he regretted was the way things turned out with you. But he he didn't want to he didn't want to bother you. He didn't want to reach out to you. And so I ended up uh, going to their home. I was making a trip up to Georgia, so I just stopped by, you know, where they lived, and um, they shared with me the letters that had been written by the medical team that had taken care of him and those last weeks of his life and and you know people who had had been ministered to by him who wrote beautiful cards with memories and and so um but in the interim of that in finding out and and seeing them i had a dream one night that i was walking down a road and i realized i was in front of our home the home that he and i had shared mm. and i walked up to the door and i knocked and he was standing there our dog was standing there of course who was you know long since passed away and um he said oh come in and i walked in and we walked into the living room we sat down we started talking and we talked out everything everything and so then i said oh it's getting late i've got to go he says no you don't need to be walking back down the road in the dark so just just take the bedroom, and I'll sleep on the sofa. And so the dog and I went into the bedroom. This is in my dream, and and you know got up on the bed and went to sleep. Got up the next morning. He was making bacon and eggs and toast and grits and you know just coffee. And we had this big big breakfast. And he says, "Well, it's time for you to go." And so I walked out, and we we stepped out. We had a horseshoe shaped uh, driveway, semicircle, and we walked out of the gate. And I was continuing to talk to him, and then I realized he wasn't standing there, and I turned around, and he was standing just outside of the gate of our home, and our dog was sitting on his haunches, and uh, I, I said, oh, this is as far as you can go? And he said, yeah. 
And I said, okay. And he said, hey. You know, I started to turn around, walk off. He says, hey. I turned around, looked back at him, and he said, I'm sorry I couldn't be your husband, Mm. but I'm glad I get to be your brother. And I and and I I was I was completely healed from everything, you know everything was it was done then. Hmm. So it sounds like he was not a believer when you married. Were you a believer at that time? I thought he was. <laughs> I thought he was. I I thought yeah I thought he was. I mean you know that's a blanket statement, isn't it? Are you a Christian? Yes. Hmm. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes. You know, but he quit going to church after a while, and you know, and then, like I said, it was just it was just a real bad situation. But but everything appeared fine on the surface. That's why you really need to know someone before you marry them, mm-hmm. you know, and not just be in love, you know, all those feelings. And uh, um, but you know, just you, you got to take that to the Lord. Make sure. It's in God's will. When I married him, I mean, as in the day of the wedding, my father and I were standing in the vestibule of the church, and, you know, the the, the little bridesmaids and everything, everybody was going down the aisle. And it was a big, big wedding, and, uh, you know, the church was packed, and and there were just tons of gifts unwrapped and wrapped in, in the living room and dining room of my home. And, uh, I mean, my mother and father had to, they had to go get tables, like from the church, the folding tables, and they just took up every inch of those two rooms that were not already occupied by furniture, um, from all the gifts and everything. And, um, we had had all the showers and the, the teas and the dinners and all this kind of stuff. And, and so, um, my father looked down at me. My father was very tall. I'm short. My father looked down at me and he said, we can turn around and go home right now. If you don't think this is right, we can turn around and go home right now. Mm. And I, all I could think was, look at all the people inside that church. Look at all the gifts. You know, oh, you know, oh, all the teas and the showers and this and that. Oh, no, 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 no. I, you know, even though there was a part of me that was thinking, I don't know about this, but I was too afraid. I, I was a child, really. I mean, I was obviously an adult, but I was still pretty much a child. What do they say? We were not really fully developed mentally until we're 25. Well, I had not hit 25 yet. Mm. Um, so I I said, oh, no, 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 Daddy. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And, you know, after the marriage exploded, imploded, <laughs> um, Daddy said to me, I had such a strong feeling, but I knew that I could never, I, I, I threw that out there at the last minute, but I knew you were going to say no. And I said, yeah, I said, I don't think there was anything you could have said to convince me, mm. you know. And the funny thing is, is one of my bridesmaids tried to convince me that it was, I don't know that you're right for each other. I don't know that you're right for each other. And I got so mad at her, I, I disinvited her from the wedding, <laughs> you know. So you're uninvited. You're not going to be one of my bridesmaids. And uh, and then you know after the after the fact, I I went found her, and said I'm I'm sorry. You know I should have listened. And she said yeah, but you know things work out. And I'm like yeah they do, and they did. You mentioned infidelity before. So was that what was going on when you had the where were you fight? I have no idea. 
I don't know if it was going on at that point. I don't know. And there's nobody to ask. You know, mm-hmm. I knew it was going on as we neared the end of our marriage. But um, and there are, you know, things that I obviously I, I obviously would not want to get into some fine details because because he's not here to defend himself. And because I know he made a change in his life and I wouldn't want my dirty laundry aired. You know, we both made a lot of mistakes and, and that was on his side. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, my biggest mistake, of course, was, was not taking it to the Lord and, um, and, and, and just <laughs> maybe back then I just didn't know how to have a good fight. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because I, like I said, I've been married almost 45 years and my husband and I, we don't agree on everything. We never have. And there were times when, uh, you know, we had to go to our opposite corners. Anybody who's married knows what that's like to just say, okay, you know what? Let's just go, just separate. You go to your corner, I'll go to mine, and we'll cool down, and then we'll talk about it like people. And uh, and and you can do that. But but sometimes when you're young and married, young, young and married, that's something you have to learn. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I had never seen my parents have a disagreement, never. If my parents ever had a disagreement, they did it privately, and I kind of wish they hadn't us. I kind of wish they had shown us what a good fight looks like and and then what it's like to make up, you know, what it's like to come together and say, okay, let's let's meet in the middle here. we got about five minutes left, and I'm going to hit you point blank with a little bit of a change in direction. Okay. So you wrote a book more than 15 years ago called Sex, Lies, and the Media. Mm-hmm. And now, all these years later, with sexual depravity, I mean, like, right in everybody's yes. face, how do you see this? Wow. You know, um, when my daughter and I wrote that book together, Sex Lies in the Media and Sex Lies in High School, and uh, those two books are obsolete at this point. I mean, there, there's still a lot of truth in them, but uh, we were just hitting the tip of the iceberg, and I thought it was pretty bad then. The things that I realized uh, my daughter was exposed to, and I mean, this was, I think, 2005-ish that we wrote these books, five and six. So you're talking almost 20 years ago, um, and, and how much has changed. But I just remember saying to her that, you know, like, looking at the videos that were coming out and the things that were in magazines and that... And and back then, if you remember, the Abercrombie and Fitch catalog oh, yeah. was shocking, shocking. And yet this was geared to kids, to teenagers. And um, and I was I was absolutely appalled by it. And so it's like, you know, what I found out was most parents had no clue. And I'm telling you, it's just so much worse today. I wouldn't I wouldn't have my I wouldn't know. One of the things I, I will say, and this, this continues to be true, do not let your child have social media or television. See, social media wasn't a thing back then, but social media, television, et cetera, in their bedrooms at night. Mm. Don't do it. If your kids have a cell phone, you take it from them at a certain hour. I don't care how old they are. Yeah, I mean, once they're 18, obviously, if they're still living at home, it might be a little different, but but you should you should always know what's in that cell phone, where they are, what they're looking at, 
and don't let them have a television in their bedroom oh, amen or a com- to that. even a computer even a they got a laptop they leave it in the in the kitchen or they leave it in your bedroom overnight mm. because once it grabs a hold of them it's got them until the holy spirit can grab a hold and set them free and you don't know how far it's going to drag them down before the second happens or even before you know it or even before you realize they're gone, they've disappeared. You don't know where they are. It's bad. Well, Eva Marie, 30 seconds. Anything you want to say? Um, no, just thank you so much for having me, and thank you for you know asking me about this other, but also, uh, if I can stress this again and again, uh, boys and girls, young men, young ladies, if you're out there and you're in love and you're thinking about getting married, ask God first. Oh, and listen for the answer and wait for it, too. Yes. <laughs> Ask and then listen. <laughs> All right. Eva Marie Everson has written many books, and if you Google her name, I'm sure you'll find out, find the stack of them. And thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144. This program was sponsored by Blazing Grace Ministries.